I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Make sure you tune in every week. We go live during the week and you can join the conversation by going to capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and we would love to hear your voice. So you can type into the chat. We're going to be getting to lots of your questions today. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. You don't want to miss out on some of the good offers that we give you updates on social media. So our handle is at Cape Gunworks. It's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parler, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble. Get or shut us down. We're trying to get that going. And Truth Social will be on there. We have put in for our account and subscribe to us and share all of our extremely entertaining and informational posts with all of your friends, loved ones, enemies, family. Last night, which if you're listening to this on the radio, it wasn't last night, it was last week, but um, was the State of the Union address the Biden administration put forth the best they could cobble together to present a rosy picture of what the State of the Union is actually like while lamenting all the while about the fact that meaningful gun control legislation has not been passed recently, which is notorious to us, um, freedom-loving uh, people that believe in the Second Amendment. I want to see what your take was um, on it, but Biden got back to some of the usual suspects, the talking points from boys, some of which go back to the early 90s. And he, you know, really hit it hard last night about wanting to bring back assault weapons ban and magazine capacity ban and, you know, universal background checks, et cetera, et cetera. Then he pulled out a oldie but goodie about the deer walking around with uh, Kevlar vests on. You know, it's it's really funny how um, the deer, you know, well, come on, man, deer walking around with Kevlar vests on. Nobody needs an AR-15 or an assault weapon. Nobody needs a magazine clip that can take 100 rounds. Come on. This isn't an infringement. It saves lives. Now, I think if you look at all the fact checkers online and, you know, for the past few days talking about it or whatever it's a not true b it didn't work the first time so try it again because it might work this time so in case you don't know the history uh biden was instrumental and takes all the credit for passing the assault weapons ban the first time in 1994 which the entire country had to live with for 10 years manufacturing had to change 
high capacity magazines had to cease and the way that guns were made had to change and et cetera, et cetera. The government tracked it and said, all right, let's see if there's any significant reduction in crime. The one smart thing that the politicians who opposed it kind of made sure got into the legislation was a sunset provision. So the sunset ended at 2004. So 10 years, they, they said, let's try this experiment for 10 years and we'll see where it goes. So at the end of 10 years, there was zero meaningful lives saved, reduction in violent crime, uh, reduction in felons being able to obtain guns, et cetera, et cetera. The fact of the matter is it was a failed experiment. It failed miserably. All it did was it made manufacturers have to retool, cost the gun industry probably millions of dollars in retooling. It also made certain things that were very commonplace and ordinary, rare and expensive like a AR-15 that would typically cost six to 800 bucks was now all of a sudden worth 1500 bucks or a thousand bucks. In fact, I had one customer bring in a AR-15 that he bought in 94 for 2,500 bucks in July of 94. The ban went into effect September 13th of 94. And he bought an AR-15 in July of 94, knowing that the ban was coming in a couple of months, two or three months. And so he paid, uh, I think, 2500 bucks for this Colt, um, which is was amazing back in 94. And he's like, what's it worth nowadays? And I'm like, ah, about 2500 bucks. So it was interesting how it wasn't worth $10,000. It was worth what he paid for it then. But now, like a regular run-of-the-mill AR-15 from, say, Colt uh, is 1200 bucks, brand new. 1100 bucks maybe brand new and those you can't buy in this state because massachusetts made this whole assault weapons ban permanent in 98 so it got introduced in 94 passed federally and we made it a state law in 98 recognizing that it was going to sunset and not wanting to give back ground to law-abiding responsible gun owners and restore their rights in any way shape or form Massachusetts decided to infringe upon your rights further, even though there was no logical reason. It didn't do anything to reduce crime. It didn't do anything to prohibit felons from, uh, you know, getting guns. And it didn't, um, it was a solution in search of a problem. So it sunsetted everywhere else in 2004. And Joe Biden is very sad about that. He said it saved lives. It, you know, it, it, it definitely uh, reduced crime by not having all these AR-15s running around the streets killing people. And nothing could be further from the truth. There was no data that showed any type of reduction in crime whatsoever. And we, um, that's one reason it sunsetted. No one had the will to continue on with that failed experiment, except, you know, states like Massachusetts, California, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, that's where we're at uh, in this day and age, unfortunately. But um, we'll have to see where it goes federally. He's definitely coming hard after your guns. Uh, gun control advocates are wanting to pass universal background checks, which would close 
the quote-unquote gun control loophole, which basically means you can sell a gun to your buddy, your father, your son, your friend, somebody you know, um, and whatever. All right, so we will be back after this, but we want to celebrate our two new broadcast networks, WBOB in Florida and WNST in Arizona, by giving our listeners a special discount at capegunworks.com if you use discount code CGWMA you will get a very special discount and I'm not kidding it's not insignificant so go to capegunworks.com and use the code CGWMA to get your special discount today we will be right back this is Rapid Fire If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week as we celebrate the only radio show around that is dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we will be taking your questions, and if you're listening to the radio saying, hmm, how does that work? You have to go over to capegunworks.com and sign up for Rapid Fire. Click on the Rapid Fire icon, and you'll be let we'll let you know as soon as we're going live and then you can tune in and ask your question because we want your voice to be heard and questions are rolling in fast and furious but before we get to those I just wanted to um, talk again about uh, some of these gun control um, measures that have been proffered by the State of the Union address uh, passing universal background checks Biden demanded why should anyone on a terrorist list be able to purchase a weapon ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines that hold up to a hundred rounds and then he went off script trying to quip that immediately got him into trouble this is I'm reading on uh, 
MLLand.com. With one of the nation's largest grassroots gun organizations, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, Biden remarked, you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? And um, so, you know, uh, Alan Gottlieb said, Biden's remark about deer and Kevlar vests is intended to perpetuate the myth that the Second Amendment is about hunting. If he honestly believes the right to keep and bear arms is protected by the Constitution, just so we can head to a duck blind, then he needs a remedial course in U.S. history and constitutional law. And that is so perfect because that is exactly what um, they would love you to believe. They, they've beat the drum of nobody needs 30 rounds, nobody needs an AR-15, nobody needs an AK-47, nobody needs clips that can hold 100 rounds and fire at a rate of fire, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They, you hear, you've all heard the, the news clips. But one of the things that he also said, which is a big-time lie, is that gun manufacturers are the only industry that can't be sued. And the truth of the matter is, if guns malfunction in their proper use, the manufacturer gets sued. It happens all the time. So that's a myth. That's a lie. And, oh, by the way, um, isn't the pharma industry one of those industries that can't be sued? Because if the vaccine malfunctions and causes myocardiosis or any type of palsy or even death, they can't be sued. Interesting. But they claim this, you know, liability shield of gun manufacturers. And what he's referring to is the fact that if some gangbanger steals a gun and goes and shoots somebody, or if some lunatic does, you can't sue the manufacturer, which makes sense, right? So we don't sue Honda when a drunk driver gets in a car and, you know, drives into oncoming traffic and kills somebody. We don't sue um, Anheuser-Busch when some guy, you know, goes to the packy and gets a 12-pack and goes home and gets all liquored up and does something, you know, nefarious and goes next door and kills the neighbor, right? Anheuser-Busch doesn't have responsibility for that. But what gun-grabbing politicians want to do is they want to bankrupt the firearms industry by taking this quote-unquote liability shield away because it makes sense that, you know, they, they should be able to be sued. It's not, you know, some sort of protection that they should be granted. Like, they, they're untouchable. But the point is, if there's a you know, negligence on the part of the manufacturer, they are sued all the time. And, uh, you know, currently is Sig Sauer is being sued by a number of different police departments for the 320 uh, design that had negligent discharges. So that is totally a lie. Not to mention Remington Corporation with the Remington 700 rifle, bolt action rifle that could fire when you slammed the bolt home. And the the ironic thing is that they shaved, I think it was like 28 cents off of the manufacturing of the trigger to save money. And that ended up costing them 
tens of millions of dollars in recalls and court and mandated uh, trigger replacements, et cetera, et cetera. So they were sued over that. It's, it's just a lie to say that gun manufacturers can't be sued, but they want to make this giant leap of logic and sue them when their product is being uh, used by the criminal element, which doesn't make sense. And if you're doing that, then open it up to everything, right? If uh, somebody uses a propane torch to burn a house down, well, I guess you can sue the company that made the propane torch, right? If somebody uh, drowns someone in a swimming pool, why not hold the pool company responsible, right? That's the way that works. That's that's the logic there behind being able to sue gun manufacturers for their products being used in crime. It doesn't make any sense. So that was another humdinger that they told, um, that he told at the State of the Union address. But anyway, we knew that the assault was coming under this administration. There's nothing new about that. He is, uh, he tried to kind of pawn himself off as a proponent of the Second Amendment when he did the Parrington Magazine uh, online question and answer session. And he's like, look, nobody needs an F-15. You don't need an AR-15. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Just buy a double barrel shotgun. I, you know, we live out in the woods and I tell Jill, if you, if you hear something going on, Jill, just go out on the balcony and fire two blasts. Just fire two blasts into the air and you know, that's going to solve the world's problems right there. Just fire those two blasts right off the, right off the porch. So he was trying to come out, you know, look, I love to duck hunt and, you know, I'm a strong advocate of the second amendment, but you don't need 30 rounds. And so that even saying that at the time, like worried, worried a lot of his donors, you know, from every town and Bloomberg and all these people that, um, you know, donated to his campaign because they knew that, hey, he's coming off as a pro-gun guy. So that's not good. That's not a good look for all the soccer moms that want to ban guns and whatnot. So interestingly enough, there's a great article that came out in one of the New Yorker publications called, I think, The Q, C-U-E, I believe it was, or something like that. And it was a article about the leading demographic lately of Gun buyers are female uh, minorities. Black women are just, they're not taking it sitting down. Let's put it that way. They are uh, they are really happy to be able to defend themselves with firearms, to get going out, getting trained, buying guns in droves. And it was funny because it was a fairly favorable article considering the source, but you could get, you, it was dripping with a little bit of lamenting. Like they're in this position where, they want women to be empowered to to be able to help themselves and not be reliant on somebody else but yet they don't want them to empower themselves with a gun so it's it's this pretty cool interesting uh situation but anyway let's get to some of your questions because i know you guys have been waiting a while and um we have let's see james says i'm a 61 year old man who's never shot a gun i'd like to join the club and get a license i have a problem I would like your opinion. When I was 23 or 24, I committed a felony. I've never been arrested, and a friend and I were going to make a gym in his basement. We took some mats from the Brookline School. Police told us to plead guilty, and we did two weeks of community service. 
I didn't realize I had a felony record until I was 45 and applied for the post office. They said I lied and didn't report my felony. Are there serious violent felons and minor ones taking uh, for me taking gym mats? I want to get a gun license, but I really don't want to hire a lawyer and spend thousands to appeal a minor, minor felony. I don't have any arrests and I'm well respected in my community. Any suggestions of what I should do to move forward? And um, I think you're not going to like my answer, which is give Keith Langer a call. Um, if you are a convicted felon, you are a prohibited person under federal and state law. So I don't know if there's a way to get, you know, ask for a new trial um, saying that you were young and weren't represented or something like that. I don't know if uh, that's possible. I heard you can do that. Um, I was speaking to one of the uh, candidates for DA here in Barnstable, um, and he said that that does happen a lot with like OUIs and stuff like that. So people will get a hi hire a lawyer and ask for the case to be reopened and then try to get a favorable settlement. So anyway, that is something that I would look into. Um, yeah, give Keith a call and hopefully he can help you out with that. Um, I think that all nonviolent felonies, you know, after you do your time, pay the fine, pay the fee, do the community service, whatever have you, your rights should be restored. But I know I'm barking up the wrong tree for that. But there's, you know, a big difference between someone stealing gym mats out of the local school and someone who's a career criminal. Uh, so hopefully um, you can, you know, get some help with that. But We'll get to more of your questions on the other side of the break. And we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. So for all of those people who are listening or following along online or listening to the podcast, you have a very special code just for you. Don't share it with anybody. It's CGWMA at Cape Gunworks. And you'll be entitled to a very special discount upon checking out. And go to capegunworks.com and use CGWMA to get your special discount today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. The Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. 
May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-founder of Cape Gunworks down in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And hopefully you're enjoying the show enough to like and subscribe wherever you find your social media. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. We have some other Rapid Fire radio sites and resources and social media pages coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. Hint, hint, Professor Claw. So we're going to get him on that task pretty soon. And we'll get some swag made up and stuff like that. And, you know, do some giveaways and some fun stuff here on the radio. But anyway, um, let's get back to your questions right away. And uh, I know it's it's been a busy week with everything going on in the world with Ukraine. And uh, interestingly enough... I, I keep saying I'm getting to your questions and then I get another thought process here. But it's pretty interesting how the same news networks and politicians who want to take the guns away from American citizens and restrict our rights are suddenly the cats got their tongue suddenly when it came to the Ukraine handing out assault weapons to their citizens. Isn't that interesting? They don't want to, you know put the spotlight on that because that proves why we have a second amendment it isn't just for the deer walking around in kevlar vests it's for foreign and domestic threats to the to this country and that is a demonstration of what a foreign threat looks like so you get a a, a country that invades your homeland and the army isn't big enough to take on the Russians, so what are they doing? They're, everyone from the ages of, I think, 16 to 60 or 18 to 60, male men are not even able to leave the country. But they just called everybody down to the police department and said, hey, come get your AK-47. Come get your assault weapon because they are fully automatic machine guns. They're not messing around with you know, these civilian versions. They're saying, hey, if you're an able-bodied man, woman, or child, citizen, come on down. It's like the opposite of a gun buyback program, right? You go down to the local PD, and it's like, no questions asked, and get your assault weapon. I'm like, man, isn't that amazing The Ukraine is freer on Second Amendment-type issues than we are here in this country? You go down to the police station and say, where's my free AK-47, and they're going to say, excuse me, you know, like, uh, are you feeling okay? No, now in America, where we have the right to keep and bear arms as an enumerated, constitutionally protected right, 
in our Bill of Rights, you go down, they use the police departments for gun buyback programs. So you can go down with your gun and get, you bring down the assault weapon and you get a $150 Amazon gift card or something stupid like that. So it's just unbelievable. But yet you go to Ukraine and they understand the, uh, the importance of having an armed population. And I think our Second Amendment is what kept the Japanese from invading America. They said America was a country you could never invade because there would be a a man behind every blade of grass with a weapon ready to shoot you. And, you know, I would agree with that. I think we would have a pretty big uh, defense force, civilian defense force or militia, whatever you want to call it, in this country should we ever, should some psycho country ever decide to invade on a ground war. But the the bottom line is they, you know, they would be facing probably, I'm going to just guess, probably 25 million able-bodied people with a, you know, that are armed, that have their own cache of ammo and magazines and weapons. There's probably another 25 million that are maybe not able-bodied and more collector-type you know, and then there's probably another 50 million that are probably outside of the those two categories. Maybe they're collectors or enthusiasts or a frail or, uh, you know, they have non-semi-automatic guns. Maybe they collect, you know, 22s or they collect bolt-action war relics or whatever, which certainly could be used if called upon, if necessary. Um but anyway, the point is, you got anywhere from 50 to 100 million, probably 50 active people in the 50 million active shooters in the shooting sports enthusiasts, if you will. And then another 50 that are probably uh, sympathetic to the cause might have a 38 revolver that their father handed down to them or something like that, or a pump action shotgun, or they're hunters or deer, deer, uh, uh, deer hunters, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, there you have it. Um, but it's certainly painting a light on why we need this, the Second Amendment and why our founders were so smart in recognizing this right. And they did not enumerate this right in the Bill of Rights to preserve deer hunting and so we could put meat on the table or even that so we could defend ourselves against some violent, you know, criminal, although that was all important. But the the point was they had just sent the British Army across the sea licking their wounds and had just founded a country and they know that power corrupts and... Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before tyranny tries to rear its ugly head again, unfortunately. Um, but that's the way it is. And uh, But it was always to keep power in check from the tyrant. And you look at where what's happening across the globe. Once people get power, they don't like to give it back. So anyway, getting to your questions. I apologize. I always get off on these rants. Um, let's see here. Do we have any 556 with nuclear tips in stock? Sorry, Andy, we are fresh out of the 
uh, the nuclear tipped 556. But the funny thing is, um, if you've ever, if you've never heard the clip that Firearms Policy Coalition put together on Facebook or on their Instagram page, I'm going to record it sometime and, and play it for you guys because it's awesome. It's a montage of all of the misspeak and all of the myths out there about guns and, you know, from gun control advocates. And so it's just this great montage and they actually have an animation that goes along with it and tries to draw what they're describing at the same time as they're describing it. It's hysterical and uh, you got to check it out. It's really funny. It's on Firearms Policy Coalition social media pages, but it is hysterical and one of these days I'll get Professor Claw to pop it into the um, into the mix here, but it's just awesome. Tom wants to know what the safe distance is to shoot steel with handgun calibers. Um, I think with regular full metal jacket, you're probably good at 20 feet to 50 feet for sure. Um, if you use frangible ammunition, you can shoot it almost point blank range. I've shot steel with frangible ammo inches away from the plate and it was fine but you're certainly good I would say 20 feet um yeah I I don't know anyone who routinely shoots it closer than that but you probably could and the the real important thing is get the ones with that angle so it deflects it to the ground instead of any chance of splashback so there you have that um LARP is saying uh Seeing the left go from there is no reason anyone needs an AR-15 and abolish the 2A to we need to send tax dollars to Ukraine to f in the form of weapons is something else. Yeah, you know, they're very, all of a sudden, very interested in securing the Ukrainian border and arming them. While we here have had, I think, I think they had 10,000 10, Russians invade Ukraine. We've had 2 million people invade our country on the southern border and we want to round up all the guns because you know we're we have a crisis in this country a uh, gun control and um, we have a what is it a gun violence epidemic epidemic now that means that automobiles are equivalent to a nuclear bomb because you look at how many people die in auto accidents a year compared to people who die by the hand of gun violence and it's a staggering stark difference but they don't want to point that out you would you would definitely abolish cars if that was your standard of people who get killed by um, guns in you know violent crime or whatever what they don't like to point out is the hundreds of thousands potentially uh, per year of crimes that are prevented from people using guns or having a gun you know uh, m most of the time without a shot being fired but guns save lives no matter how you look at it the only thing up for debate is how many times a year and conservatively it could be a hundred thousand times a year uh, guns prevent crime but if you look at some of the more all-inclusive statistics or from different various sources it, it might be upward of uh you know two and a half million times a year it's i still think that's a little bit of an exaggeration but 
that's what some groups, you know, tout that it prevents. So, but e even if it's 150,000 or 200,000 per year, that far outweighs the the damage that is caused by guns that are fall into criminal hands or illegal hands or crimes of passion or you know murders or violence with firearms etc cetera, etc cetera. so um and unfortunately it even far outweighs suicide i mean fortunately it far outweighs suicide i see i say unfortunately because there are still a lot of suicide related deaths with firearms um sometimes upwards of you know 12 to 15,000 a year in some cases we've spiked to over 20,000 a year so uh, I would love to see that number I would love to see a focus group on that number coming down like what could we do to bring that number down because that would be huge that's I think where gun control advocates should should really focus their time and gun groups will come alongside you if you're doing it for the sole intent of seeing that number drop so that would be something I would be willing to get behind. Um, let's see, uh, Corey's wondering, is it legal to purchase a pre-ban out of state and bring it back to mass? If it is a true pre-ban, pre-94, uh, yes, absolutely. It is legal um, to buy it and bring it back out of state. If they won't sell it to you, you can always have it shipped to a local gun store and they will transfer it for you. Um, <laughs> Is Cape Gunworks still pumping happy juice through the vents? Of course we are, always. That's all we do. Um, Matt, Toby, I got to tell you, your staff is amazing. Bought a Mossberg 500 on Sunday and the salesman was great. Taught me a lot about the gun and shotguns in general. Well, that's great to hear, Matt. Um, and that's saying a lot because the uh, Sunday was a zoo in here. I didn't even step foot in here and I looked, checked in on the cameras and I felt bad for <laughs> everybody. It was it was people, uh, you know, it was shoulder to shoulder in here. It was a very busy day. So I appreciate your patience, Matt. And, uh, you know, thank everybody's patience. Everyone's great. The customers are great. The staff's great. So I'm glad you had a good experience. If you go to capegunworks.com and use, cape, use the code CGWMA, you'll get a very special discount on your order. It's a special treat to our radio listeners to celebrate our two new radio broadcasts on KNST in Arizona. We're out in Tucson, Arizona, and WBOB in Jacksonville, Florida. And those are two massive radio stations, so they have a huge reach. So we're hoping to get everybody who's listening that discount code CGWMA and go to capegunworks.com to get your special discount. All right, we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. 
Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunmerch.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunmerch, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for the only radio show dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense up here in New England. I know there's other shows throughout the country, and we are glad to have those two new stations in Jacksonville and Tucson aboard, and make sure you take advantage of that discount code I mentioned before the break, CGWMA at at CapeGunWorks.com for a very special discount. And we're going to jump right back into your questions because I've been chewing up a lot of the airtime here. Uh, LARP is saying, I also don't understand why anyone would go fight for Ukraine on the precipice of World War III when it when the uh, one's home country needs them, uh, will need them anyway. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not too worried about what's going on at home, uh, but they you know have some sort of... I don't know, obligation or family or, you know, heritage or something like that. And Davey wants to know if anyone has come in frantic to buy 5.56 for World World War Three, And I would say no. No one's come in like, oh my gosh, the war is starting. But I will say there has been a significant uptick in business. People buying ammo again and guns. And not only coupled with the whole, you know, Russia invading Ukraine thing, but we know that sanctions and uh, have already been put on Russia for ammo and firearm imports when the Department of State um, visa or whatever it is, uh, you know, expires. So the import license expires. So the Russian ammo is going to dry up in the future anyway. But now that sanctions are being put on the country, I have a feeling it's going to be tough to get ammo and guns in the near future when it comes to the Russian stuff. So a lot of people coming in for 762 by 39, 545 by 39 and 762 by 54, the steel cased Russian made stuff. Um, but I am also seeing a significant uptick in nine millimeter and 556 and other calibers as well. So I think people just overall realize that, you know, there's movement happening in the world, whether it's federally or worldwide or whatever and they're like you know what it's time to just get off my butt and go buy the gun I've been wanting anyway and buy some ammo etc etc so there you have that that's the way it's working so Raymond says I'm not trying to be humorous here wild turkeys (laughs) are there any laws prohibiting me removing them from my yard in Yarmouth um yes there is laws protecting that bird except during the prescribed season now that makes it a little tough if it's in your backyard because you got to be 150 feet from a road and you got to be 500 feet from an occupied dwelling unless you get written permission from your neighbors so if you can somehow gerrymander your you know hunting area quote unquote so that you're 500 feet from any occupied dwelling not including your own, because you can give yourself permission to hunt within 500 feet of your house, but from your neighbors and 150 feet from the road, and you're during the prescribed turkey season, you're allowed to take 
two turkeys. So we have the spring season coming up and we have a fall season as well. So um, you're not going to make a significant dent in them, that's for sure. But if you can get some buddies with hunting licenses and you can make that all happen, then yeah, you could take um, some turkeys and, but prohibiting them from removing them from your yard. Yeah, you got to do it legally. Um, you could also call natural resources if they are considered a, like a problem wildlife, but that's, that's going to be tough. So good luck with that. Um, I don't know that you'll be able to convince anyone that turkeys are problematic wildlife because they're not a predator, et cetera, et cetera. All right, guys, I really want you to take advantage of that CGWMA code. So go to capegunworks.com, get your special discount code on your next web order. CGWMA, it's not going to last forever. So we want you to take advantage of it today and uh, get your special discount code. All right, we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire with Toby Lear. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch Defensive Hollow Point Ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and we want to thank you for listening. Make sure you go to capegunworks.com and get signed up to be notified whenever we go live so that you can be a part of the discussion. We want to hear your voice. We want to answer your questions. And uh, this is the only show around our area anyway that is dedicated to all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. All right, getting right back into your questions here. Um, let's see, uh, Davey is saying that he's number 145065 on Truth Social's waiting list. So I mentioned at the opening of the show that we are on Truth Social's waiting list to get on that social media platform. Uh, LARP is saying, uh, Biden said, Iranians don't need 100-round clips. Dear wear Kevlar. That is true. He did, um... <laughs> He did say, he did call the Ukrainians the Iranians, but whatever, I'll give him the pass. I certainly have been known to flub a few things here and there and 
get a little get my mords all wixed up so <laughs> i you know those who live in get glass houses cannot cast stones so that's all I got to say about that. And I'm significantly younger than him. <laughs> and I still do it from time to time. I, you know, I, my kids look at me sometimes like I just, you know, saw a Martian or something, or they just saw a Martian. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you know, you, do you know what you just said? And I'm like, uh, I know what my brain told me my mouth was saying, but did it not come out that way? No, it didn't come out that way. Well, sorry. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, LARP is saying if Mass was ever to drop the AR-15 uh, stuff, can anyone that owns a pre-band should sell it to someone in California and start over with the free state price stuff? Um, yeah, I, you know, whatever. Let's put it this way. Guns aren't a life-altering purchase unless it comes in handy for a defensive reason. Most people who are buying a gun recognize it as just what it is. It's a tool. So let's take a $500 striker-fired handgun, for instance. You get it. You don't like it. You want to sell it, trade it, you know, whatever. You're not going to get 500 bucks for it, right? You're going to get 300 bucks or something like that. It's like a car. It's a tool that loses value almost immediately when you drive it off the lot. There's certain exceptions to that rule when it comes to, you know, collector grade weapons, et cetera, et cetera. But for the average gun or whatever. Um, so yeah, if this would be a wonderful problem to have too. Um, and I'm not speaking from the gun store perspective. I'm speaking from the freedom and the, how Toby wishes we could buy guns perspective, which is with less government interference in it. And we could buy the guns that the Heller decision deemed we should be able to buy, which are those that are common and ordinary. So those are what we, what we, uh, you know, should be able to get those which are in use and common and ordinary, like an AR-15. Hey, look at that. That's like one of the most common and ordinary guns in America. But yet we can't get them here in Massachusetts. So let's say the Massachusetts Supreme Court strikes down those assault weapons bans someday and says they're unconstitutional. They they finally like open up the the legal dictionary or something and start to realize that our rights are being infringed on, our civil rights are being violated, or that the federal government does it. Everybody who bought those $3,000 pre-ban AR-15s that are now worth $1,200 or $1,500, it's not the end of the world. It's not like a life-altering purpose purchase. It's not going to make it so that, you know, you can't buy that new home. And if it is, then maybe you shouldn't have bought the gun in the first place. But, you know, I would still rather lose some value on some guns and be able to buy whatever I want than to sit here and suffer with, you know, neutered or restricted guns or guns we can't have that we want. And, um, you know, so freedom, freedom wins in that, in that area. I'm, I would gladly burn some, the, the value of some guns in order to get what we can get and have less government interaction in our lives. But there you go. Uh, Davey saying, 
<laughs> buy your loophole rifles before Healy becomes governor. Yeah, that, you know, is another whole round. I hope Healy doesn't become governor. I know that if we can do our part, which is to really paint the picture that she is a gun banning, you know, candidate like Scott Harshbarger was in the past, that was his number one issue. And if we can try to paint it in that light that that's her number one issue is trying to ban guns, then, you know, we might have a shot because even as far left as this state is, believe it or not, they still support the right to keep and bear arms. That's why Harshbarger went down in flames. So there you go. I'm, I'm hoping uh, that it'll that it'll work. But a lot of people are giving up hope already. And I hate to see that. You got to vote for Jeff Deal. That's the way it is. That's the way I see it. But anyway, I don't know that um, that's going to happen or not. But all right, uh, let's see. Um, could Governor Baker override Healy's edict? Uh, that's a very good question. I don't know. Um, the legislature could have certainly done something about it. Um, I don't know if Baker could have. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Not politically savvy enough to know. And Davey's ready to leave out, move out of the state. And I get it, guys. You know, I say that's taking the easy way out. Stand and fight. But I get it. It's not easy. I mean, Smith & Wesson's leaving because of that reason. Um, Toy, Toy Town's asking how I feel about customer uh, Robinson Armaments, customer service, and parts availability. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not real impressed with their customer service or their parts availability. Um, I love their gun. I think they're well-made. They're phenomenal. They're a good gun. I love the ergonomics of it. I love the concept of it, but I'm definitely deeply disappointed in their customer service and their availability of parts and their availability of guns. Um, we just got a round of guns that were ordered almost two years ago. And so we do suffer with them because I really like the product. And because we can't get the post Healy AR-15, I like the Robinson Armament XCR-L as an awesome alternative to it. So that's what I feel about them. Uh, Shooting Gallery New England, our gunsmith Joe is saying the CZ I have in there might be going home with me. I would be, uh, that would be considered theft, Joe. So I'm glad you told me about it. We're going to keep an extra eye, eye, close eye on you. Uh, but I think he's fallen in love with one of the CZs that have come in. We got the CZ uh, Checkmate Parrot, which is pretty cool. And we got the TSO, the uh, the Tactical Sport Orange, and we got the TS2 uh, Blue in as well. Those are all newly added to the target shooting roster here in Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> Matt said, Arlo followed you around the store for a few minutes and you love him. Well, that's good. He's sitting right here with me. And it's good to be loved, Arlo, because there's a few people that don't love him so much, but... Anyway, uh, we won't get into that. When registering an AR build on the FA-10, would I answer yes or no on large capacity? Confuse 
because I know it's capable of accepting pre-bans, but we are restricted to 10 rounds. Um, that's a very good question. Maybe uh, Keith would uh, chime in on that, but um, I typically write no if it's a post-ban configuration, uh, yes if it's a pre-ban configuration. That's typically the way we would roll it out, but anyway. Uh, it should be noted that many organized crime groups and criminals went to get armed by the state-provided weapons. Crime is on the rise in the Russian-Ukrainian war side. I'm not surprised. That makes sense. Um, and Davey says Ukraine should be handing out M79s and Stingers, too. I'm sure they are. Uh, you never know. Um, someone says, Wolverines! <laughs> you know, the that movie... Red Dawn was almost like a anthem for my generation growing up, and we used to we used to tout that a lot. We'd be playing in the woods with our stick guns and uh, shouting Wolverines. But anyway, well, there it goes, folks. Uh, the first hour is in the bag, and thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show's ending here, but it goes on for another hour. So make sure you tune in at CapeGunWorks.com and click on the rapid fire icon. You can join us and ask questions or check out some of our YouTube videos. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby, so don't go away. We'll be back. See you soon. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com.
and find us online at facebook.com slash safe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon if you want to be joined, join the conversation. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Parlor, Telegram, etc., etc., etc. And this is the local hour, so we do talk a little bit about Massachusetts stuff here. If you're listening on the podcast, we welcome you to see how just deranged our state is and how restricted our guns are, et cetera, et cetera, our rights are in the state, although I'm sure you suspect it already. And you probably are laughing at us that of all the hoops we have to jump through in order to, um, in order to be a you know, exercise our second amendment. So we'll get to lots of your questions and um, the news of the day as well. We have just come off the state of the union um, where, you know, we, we had Biden calling for more gun control. Uh, We also have gun rights groups calling for more gun control. Um, We also have some freedom happening where there's states that are passing uh, constitutional carry. So that's really good. And we, we've seen that happen in, I think, Alabama, uh, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, I think, got vetoed or something like that. So Texas, um, there's a, it's on the move. So that's really good. Um, also, I finished that book that I was reading by Tim Mack called Misfire about the NRA. And we had him on the show. He's an NPR journalist that kind of was following along the the trial or the corruption case in by Letitia James in New York that is suing the NRA for corruption and mismanagement of the nonprofit. And I tell you, after reading that book, my eyes were opened big time. Now, the book does drip with, you know, kind of an anti-gun sentiment. Like he almost bemoans the fact that that people are able to 
carry guns and there's like 6 million people who carry a gun routinely in this country now. And prior to uh, the NRA, you know, it was probably a lot less than that. And over the past 20 years, the resurgence in constitutional carry where it was only one state, Vermont, now it's up to 20 something states. But all that aside and the fact that he might not be a, you know, to a supporter he's a journalist and he did do a pretty good job on the book i would say as far as you know exposing the corruption that runs deep and wide in the nra and the mismanagement of money and even with all of that that mismanagement or the ineptitude at the highest levels they still were able to grow their base and still were able to get some good things done but at what cost? So they've, you know, ostracized a lot of people that don't believe in deep right-wing conservative values. They've also, um, you know, used money that was donated for Second Amendment causes and just wasted, wasteful spending. And it, it's just really sad to hear how, you know, they at their peak were probably a $400 million a year um, agency that was tasked with being the supporter of the Second Amendment and just, you know, couldn't get out of their own way when it came to decision making and vendor payments and no bid contracts and, you know, almost like a cronyism there and having expensive dinners at this, you know, posh clubs in Washington, D.C. and flying around on private jets and, you know, buying property and this whole symbiotic relationship with Ackerman McQueen etc etc so I think that NRA has outlived its shelf life with the way that it's currently being run that's why our money goes to firearms policy coalition it goes to second amendment organization it goes to gun owners of America it goes to gun owners action league here in Massachusetts um, COM2A does phenomenal work here in Massachusetts as well um, there's a lot of good groups out there that are really single, singular focused on preserving and restoring our rights. And that's where the money should go to all the groups that have helped in the last couple of years. For, look at who's supported states with restrictive gun laws. Look who's um, supported uh, states with new gun laws or new assault weapons bans look at who's been pouring money into those areas uh, states like massachusetts pennsylvania new york um, california of course and the i love how the groups are all playing together and pooling resources so it's no longer just nra you know is the only one who can do anything and uh, as far as gun control uh, resistance or gun you know, Second Amendment advocacy, it's, you know, you see in a lot of groups coming together and supporting each other and, and kind of pooling the resources. So that's a, that's an awesome, awesome thing to see. So anyway, we're going to get to your questions here. Uh, so tee up your 2A questions for the second hour. And uh, let's see, uh, Keith is saying that we should know there is another candidate for governor, Chris Dowdy, the president of Capstan Atlantic. That's good, 
Keith, it's good to know that there's more than two options. Um, I always get a little nervous and, you know, I would love to see third party candidates and I don't know what party does, uh, Chris Doughty, is he a Republican or Democrat or whatever? Anyway, um, let me know on that. And I should know this and, uh, you know, before I go throwing my support behind someone, I'd have to see what he's all about. I did endorse Jeff Thiel because he's been in state politics before and has got some good work done. I know that he took quite the backlash from um, uh, Jared over at Guns and Gadgets for his support of the bump stock bill. And I get it. Like, I get the sentiment of not one inch. And I, but I also don't believe that he is an anti gunner because he voted in support of a bill that was already going to be passed. Not it passed, I think. Uh, there was only two people that opposed it. And it was going to pass whether Jeff Deal supported it or not. But, you know, he opposed the red flag law bill that he took a lot of heat for. And so that, why would he take that heat if he wasn't a staunch Republican, I mean, a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment? So um, anyway, I don't get all political anyway uh, at the shop, but personally, I did endorse Jeff Deal. I do know him. I've had him to the shop here a couple times. He shot on the range with talk guns, with talk stuff. Yeah. And um, but the same people that are saying Jeff Deal is an anti-gunner would have to say Donald Trump is an anti-gunner too because he supported bump stock bans. So anyway, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only classes and couples classes. Just sign up at capegunworks.com and we will see you on the other side. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks. Excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, 
take a class and get your gun license. We have a 15 lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune into Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's Rapid Fire, all one word, or sign up at capegunworks.com to be alerted when we go live. We want your voice to be heard, so we'll get to your questions as we're going to do this whole hour, and we look forward to having you be a part of the show. So let's see, uh, where'd we leave off? Someone's given me an, an Amen. But I don't know what that was for. Uh, let's see here. Uh, angle my plate a bit if I can. Angle my plate. My plate or my camera? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what he means by that. But Keith has taken me to task about the old blade of grass myth again. Japan never intended to invade the mainland U.S. It couldn't manage the third wave attack at Pearl Harbor. The attack on the Aleutians was merely a feint to distract us from the real attack midway. No, I, I understand that. I'm not inferring that Japan wanted to intend or intended to uh, attack America or invade it other than what they did on the, you know, at, in Hawaii. But I don't know if somebody just made that quote up or not. You know, I've seen it many a times. Maybe it's an urban legend that some Japanese general said that. But uh, if he said it, the point's still valid. I think that they recognize that in this country, a lot of gun owners live here. And the fact of the matter is that if they did invade, it would be it would be tough to, you know, not only do we have the strongest military around, but um, we also have a very well-armed population. So, anyway. Um, you have any AR-10s for sale for someone who lives in Massachusetts? And how much? I do not. I wish we did, Jorge. And we had a ton of pre-ban ARs, and we I just sold the last one yesterday. It was fast and furious in the last week. Um, no pun intended. Um, we had... AR-15s flying out the door. But hopefully I'll get some more. You never know what walks in the door. And uh, Lawrence wants to know if we are able to get either the Radical RF-15 or the Ruger AR-15 in Afghanistan. And wah, wah, wah. No, not unless you're a police officer. In which case, your rights are still intact. But if you're not a police officer, if you're merely a... uh, you know, peasant living behind the enemy lines here, uh, then you cannot. So uh, I'm going to read you guys the quote, uh, uh, what Maura Healy said about the uh, law enforcement. If you give me one sec, uh, let's see, assault weapons ban. Sorry, I typed really bad. Uh <laughs> It's um, 
can't type and talk either. So, yeah, Maura Healy on 7-2016, you know, sent letters to the Boston Globe and then did a press conference. So all of us gun dealers had to find out from the news that we could no longer sell guns that we had sold for the prior 18 years. But if you go to her, the mass.gov website enforcing the Massachusetts assault weapons ban and click on frequently asked questions about the assault weapons ban, you'll see that um, there's a table of contents and it says what type of weapons are prohibited or copies of duplicates, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, I am a, the third one down is, I am a law enforcement officer. Does the notice affect me? And if you click on that, it says, no, the notice does not change the law with respect to ownership of assault weapons by law enforcement officers. Your existing right to buy and possess assault weapons remains protected under Massachusetts law. Isn't that interesting? So the <laughs> what that's not saying and what it's inferring is but everybody else your existing rights have been taken away and the law with respect to owning these has changed without the help of the legislature without a signature by a governor and without any interpretation by a court so she worked as all three branches of government and was judge jury and executioner in one fail swoop by expanding her limits and enforcing a law that didn't exist hitherto before so anyway the other part that i really like about um what she says in her frequently frequently asked questions are um let's see it says uh my gun dealer is telling me that a gun is labeled by the manufacturer as massachusetts compliant does that mean the weapon is not banned no the fact that a weapon has been labeled state compliant or massachusetts compliant by the manufacturer does not make the gun legal to purchase and own in massachusetts period whether a weapon is banned depends on whether it meets the definition of assault weapon in state law. A weapon is not a prohibited copy or duplicate if it meets one of the tests contained in the enforcement notice. All right, so that brings up another whole question. You skip the next one, and then it says, well, how am I supposed to know whether a gun is a copy or duplicate that is prohibited under the state law? And... Remember what she just said, that if a manufacturer says it's mass compliant, doesn't mean it's mass compliant. So two questions later, how am I supposed to know? And it says, gun dealers and gun manufacturers must use their knowledge and experience to assess which guns are substantially similar to a banned weapon and likely to meet one of the tests. Attorney General expects voluntary compliance from gun dealers and manufacturers with respect to prohibited weapons. It's like, well, wait a minute. You just told me that the manufacturer saying it's mass compliant doesn't mean anything. And now you're saying I got to rely on the manufacturer as for voluntary compliance. That sounds like circular reasoning to me. It says, don't rely on the manufacturer. And then two questions later, make sure you rely on the manufacturer. So people wonder why it's so nuts in this state. But 
that's one perfectly good example. Um, so anyway, um, with all that being said, we don't have any of those guns and we can't get them. Uh, murky law question. If I lock my P30 in a safe unloaded in my trunk and leave the loaded magazine in the glove box, I am not in violation of any mass gun law going into a store where guns are banned. Correct. That is true, Howie. You are not in violation if the P30 is in a safe unloaded in your truck and the magazine is separate from it. Um, you're not in any violation of any gun law if you're doing that. So you're good to go. Do we have the Walther PDP, any model in my gun rental collection on the range? I don't, but I have several of them in stock that we sell online out of state. Um, so yeah, um, you can come check one out if you want. And if you want to shoot one, I'll probably let you because <laughs> it's uh, not a gun I can sell in this state. Unfortunately, it's a phenomenal gun. I love it. And I wish we could. Maybe Walther will send some more guns for testing. Uh, Angela just got her license certificate, LTC certificate from Jim and Kathy. Awesome. Good deal. That's great. Get uh, get it all applied for and get all that done. And the waiting game will start. Do we have any of those 100-round clips that the president referred to? He just saw a deer wearing a Kevlar vest. <laughs> That's pretty good, KJ. Uh, saw a couple of Romanian companies kick up am ammo production. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I bet you Serbia and Romania and a bunch of those Eastern Bloc countries, former Soviet companies that make that Soviet-style ammo will not kick it up a notch. And hopefully we'll be able to, we'll be un- you know, affected by the sanctions in Russia. Uh, Vineyard has an unfired Smith & Wesson 1911 and 9mm new-in-the-box offer for consignment tomorrow. Great. We would love to see it. It sounds like a, a great gun. We'd love to have it and sell it. And uh, Chris is saying we wish we could buy MP5s off the shelf. Me too. That would be awesome. But you can buy the PTR. Uh, the PTR is a good HK94 clone. It's very good quality. It runs well, and it's you know compliant, so you can get those. Um, but the MP5s, it's not going to happen. Um, let's see here. Uh, Keith is saying I should know. There's another Republican candidate for governor, Chris Doughty. Um, it's a Republican. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. But uh, that's a good deal. Um, no pun intended there. Deal, get it? <laughs> Jeff deal. Uh, and Joe is tinkering with the orange tax board on the floor. Oh, no, he's saying it's on the floor. So if you want to see the new check TSO, the TS Orange Tactical Sport Orange, it's on the floor at the moment. It And that is a pretty cool gun, I got to say. And so is the... Uh, checkmate that thing is sweet it's very colorful though but if you're doing competition that's cool i like colorful uh anyone who thinks that armed civilians can't be an effective fighting force should have talked to the east german uh front veterans as you did when you were stationed in berlin 45 years ago well thank you for your service mike um that's a good point and i know even after world war ii uh there was a lot of kind of skirmishes and battles still being fought by by civilians if you will um after the 
major combat operations the war had ended. Uh, there was still resistance. Matt is saying, I just bought my first pre-ban. I felt liberated loading 11 to 30 rounds. <laughs> it is it is funny. And once you uh, do it, you realize, hey, that was pretty easy. All right. Private archery lessons are back. Check out the calendar. Schedule one with Dylan today. Go to capegunworks.com. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. The Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, the only local radio show about all things guns, freedom, and the Second Amendment. Not to mention, sometimes we dabble in politics, but we try not to. We know that not everyone thinks like us and looks like us, and that's cool. And I'm all right with that, because the Second Amendment is for everybody. And we want you to be a part of the discussion, so go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to get signed up and notified whenever we go live. Not to mention, like, subscribe, share, comment, and all that good stuff on all our social media pages or wherever you get your social media. And we will help, you'll help defeat big tech. All right. Before the break, we were talking about Matt um, loading 11 to 30 rounds into his first pre-band magazine. And the funniest part about that is after you do it for a while, it becomes no big deal. And then it really sharpens the focus of how ridiculous our laws are. And 
it's not saving anybody's life. Guess guess what? Because bad guys don't follow laws. So I'll take a book out of, you know, the president's page when he starts whispering into the microphone. Bad guys don't follow laws. That's why they're called criminals. But, <laughs> you know, we're law-abiding citizens, by definition, follow the law. They're responsible gun owners. So therefore, they're compliant. You're restricting their ability to exercise their Second Amendment under the, you know, you know, in freedom and whatnot. So you're infringing upon their civil rights. And that's all you're accomplishing is you're accomplishing infringing upon people who otherwise wouldn't be a threat with those 30 round or 100 round magazine clips or, you know, as I forget the politician's name in California there who called them the 30 caliber magazine clip. So if you have one of those 30 caliber magazine clips, you know, and you're a responsible gun owner, you pose no threat to anyone other than evil people who have bad intentions. So that might be why the government is so nervous because they have bad intentions and they're evil. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out as a hypothetical possibility. So uh, PS says, I can admit when I'm wrong and I thought there was a radio gun show in Maine, but it's only a podcast. So I still hold the king of the gun talk radio in the New England area. I know. That's okay. And I, I'm glad that you're man enough to admit it when you're wrong, P.S. And uh, that's okay. <laughs> I still like you. <laughs> I did have to do some research, though. Um, so <laughs> I, I was second-guessing myself for a little while there. But what it did open my eyes to is there's a site that he broadcasts to and like gun talk radio or something like that. And I don't know what the heck the site was, but, and I'm like, Hey, we got to get on that site. So professor claw, get on that hint, hint. We got to get on there. Um, Tom is saying he registered for the class with Ben DeWalt at Cape Gunworks. What am I in for? You're in for a treat. Ben is a great communicator and instructor He's, you know, very knowledgeable and I think you're going to really enjoy the class. He has a lot to bring to the table and yeah, it's going to be great. So you'll have a good time. And those classes are all booked externally at his website. So if you go to our site and see one of the uh, OFT classes with Ben DeWalt that we offer and you want to sign up, you got to go over to his website. Uh, his page and sign up but they're great i've taken several of his classes and uh very very well-rounded instructor so there you go and mso says my mother is 74 just got her license i let her borrow one of my guns she's moving to new hampshire in june should i transfer the gun to her or can she use it while living in another state i would say um, yeah, you should do a person-to-person -person transfer in this state before she leaves, and then she can just take it with her when she goes. You can't, like, give a person across state lines a handgun. That's illegal. Um, so you could always ship it up to an FFL there, but just make it easy on yourself and do the face-to-face -face transfer here, and then she can take it with her. So that's the way it works. Um, you go to the mass gun transaction portal and... Uh, 
fill out all the necessary information. You're going to need you and your license and her and her license and the gun information and serial number. But it's free and it takes about five minutes, so it's pretty easy. Uh, let's see. Um, KJ says... To compound it, Toby, the LE exemption for assault weapons and high-capacity magazines also applies to retired LE officers. So the whole thing doesn't make much sense. That may or may not be true. It does extend to them at retirement, but perpetuating their ability to purchase high-capacity magazines and assault weapons, I don't believe is true. And I've heard conflicting things about this from Chief Ron Glidden, from the uh, the guy who wrote the commentary on mass gun laws. I took one of his classes and I watched him struggle to answer this question. It's like, you know, some theological debate between a Calvinist and a, uh, <laughs> and a person who believes in, you know, free will or something. It's, it's a, they've been debating it for 500 years or whatever, but this is um, something that is debated between lawyers and, you know, Gun Owners Action League and Northeast Shooters and gun stores alike, and everybody kind of has their own opinion about it. But I don't believe that it does extend to retired LE officers in perpetuity. The way the, the law says is at the time of retirement, if they are legally able to own it, they can take it with them, you know, on the way out the door. So whatever. There you have it. Good luck with that. Um, my favorite is the most deadly weapon ever because it's a touch shorter than that one. Oh, you have 200 bucks. You're good. Yeah, I know. What Ian is referring to is the short barreled rifle. And if a barrel is 16 inches it's considered a rifle if it has a stock etc cetera, etc cetera. if the barrel has if the gun has a stock and the barrel is 14 and a half inches it is now a regulated national firearms act item that you have to pay the government a $200 tax stamp on in order to possess it and not possessing or not having that $200 tax paid on it and going through all the hoops to get it, then, you know, you've committed a felony and you're in big trouble, et cetera, et cetera. So you're putting everything in jeopardy. But if you do go through all the paperwork requirements and pay the 200 bucks, which I have done once before with the gun over my shoulder here, if you can see it on the webcam, um, that one is a stamped SBR, short-barreled rifle. And if you're going to do it, you might as well go all the way and get a really short barrel, like a 10.5 if it's a AR and it's a 5.56. But if you're doing 300 blackout, go like 7 or 8 inches as far as I'm concerned. Really make it short. <laughs> make it worth the 200 bucks. But anyway, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, your existing rights remain intact. Any judge should see that as proof that it is unconstitutional. I agree, Davey, 100%. But unfortunately, the challenges to these assault weapons bans have fallen short of the Supreme Court ruling on them and lower courts have upheld them so we're kind of stuck in limbo until the Supreme Court rules on it and hopefully they do soon I don't know we'll see what what this session brings 
did I see the video you sent about carrying a gun in a school zone? Um, no, I did not. You can go ahead and resend that again, and I'll check it out. Um, Aaron saying he was just looking at the MMPs on their website and was looking at it with and without threaded barrel. What's the difference, and why would I need a threaded barrel? You would need a threaded barrel so that you can put a freedom muffler on there if you move to a free state someday but unfortunately in this state the threaded barrel only does you good if you're gonna put a compensator on it it makes it so you can thread one of those on which is a thing you know some people do it um it was a trendy thing for a while and if you're gonna do competition it could it could be helpful but you know it's totally up to you whether you want to have the extra barrel length uh, I don't think there's really any benefit to having it if you're not going to have a suppressor unless you specifically want to put a compensator on it. But we sell them with and without the threaded barrels. You can buy the threaded barrel version. It's not a big deal, but it doesn't really help you too, too much. So uh, let's see. Duncan saying he sees the electronic caller on the desk. Would I mind doing a 60-second overview of getting into them? Sure. Uh, this is the Garmin Sport Pro. Um, that he's referring to and this one has uh, basically three different functions it has a vibration setting a t audible tone and then a like a, um, a spark if you will or a some sort of like electric shock um, that is you can dial up and down from one to ten and then um, it has under the under the uh, shock section of it, you can do it as momentary or continuous. So if you hold it down on continuous, it's like a 10-second continuous shock, which is only be, to be used under like, you know, dog running towards traffic or something, or you really need to call them off. I had to use it once on my dog to get them off of running after a coyote because I saw another coyote coming after him. So anyway, there you go. Um, but that's a quick and dirty uh, overview of that particular collar. Um, most of the time I get my dog's attention with the tone or the vibration setting. People who are really good dog trainers use these and they can have everything mean something different like the tone or the the vibration and the vibration and the tone are important for when your dog goes in the water after a duck or something you're trying to get his attention you can tone him or vibrate him you wouldn't want to shock him when he's in the water so not that the shock is like life-threatening but it's it's just a uh it's a you know an attention thing and in some cases it's a correction tool uh it's basically an electronic leash for my dog my dog is not good on a leash i never really leash trained him well i can get him to heal with the collar but not really with a leash so anyway as a hunting dog it's almost a necessity to have a, a collar like that so there you have it um we can special order any of the garmin dog collars that cape gun works too so that's no problem with garmin dealers uh let's see kj says um i have it in writing from gary klein of the ej's uh ag's office i will send you a copy and I'm not sure what we're referring to. Oh, the law enforcement exemption. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, please do. That would be great. Um, 
I don't think that there's anyone that's going to jam up a retiring police officer if they try to buy a gun. A law enforcement, you know, former law enforcement officer has a gun or tries to buy a gun. They're not going to like, it's not going to be, a, you know, an arrestable offense or whatever. It's up to the licensed gun shop as to whether they choose to sell it to them or not. But I don't think anyone's going to come after them. But um, let's see. Uh, cool. Um, any electronic ear pro in stock? Yes, Chris, we have lots of electronic uh, ear pro. All right, guys, um, if you buy gift cards online, go to capegunworks.com and click on gift cards. You can buy them now online, and the system will email you or the person receiving the gift card. That's capegunworks.com slash gift cards. Everyone loves to get a gift card from Cape Gunworks. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we're glad you're here. Make sure you go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to get signed up. And we will bring you the news of the day as it revolves around guns and et cetera, et cetera, and anything else that we find interesting. But um, We were taking your questions before the break. And Aaron's saying, if I am walking my dog in the woods and I'm carrying and I'm attacked by a wild animal and have to defend us, do I have to call 911 and report it? Um, I would imagine, I don't know, if there's a duty to report it. If you're in the middle of the woods and some, you know, vermin or ferocious animal attacks you and you shoot it, I don't know if you have a duty to I don't, I've never read anything that says you have to report discharge of a firearm in the woods. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, I honestly can't weigh in on that. I, I would have to do a little research on that. That's a good question for Keith. Maybe next week we'll, we'll, we'll ask him that question. Um, I'm sure there's some legislation on it, but also along those lines, you have st- Towns like uh, Mashpee, which is trying to ban hunting in its town and ban the discharge of firearms within the town limits. Um, So, you know, I think Concord or Carlisle, one of those towns, you have a big sign as you drive in. It is illegal to discharge a firearm in the city limits or within the town of Carlisle or Concord. I've seen the sign myself when I drove in and 
um, you know, that, I don't know if they have some town ordinance or bylaw that says if you do discharge a firearm in those towns or whatever, you'd have a duty to report it. Um, you might want to, uh, just so people don't think that there's some animal being poached. I don't know. Uh, or maybe there was rabies that they'd want to test it, you know, test it for and see why it was attacking you. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I've, I've actually had to draw my gun and, uh, get between a coyote and my dog. Fortunately, I did not have to discharge because I was able to yell the coyote away, but they were looking past me and like, where'd the dog go? <laughs> you know, and my dog had attacked one of them. He saw the coyote and he ran after it. And then I saw another coyote streaking in from the side. So I was like, oh boy, he doesn't know there's two of them. And he went over this hill. So I lost sight of him and I heard a big yelp. And then my dog comes running over the hill with two coyotes on his tail and I'm like, son of a gun. So I drew my gun. And as soon as my dog ran by me, I jumped kind of in their path. And they were about, I don't know, 20 or 30 feet away. And they stopped when they saw me. And I was yelling, hey, hey, hey. And they were kind of looking past me like, where's the dog? You know, send him back over here. We're hungry. And I'm like, nah, not today, boys. That's going to... This is going to end right here. Just don't go any further. And they seem to understand the universal language. That might be one of those situations where I was talking about earlier of, uh, you know, not a crime being prevented, but a potentially bad situation happening and the gun being present uh, helped me out of that situation. I probably wouldn't have done that if, you know, I didn't have a gun. Well, I would have because it's my dog. I don't want him to get eaten, but... There you have that. <laughs> there you have it. I don't want two coyotes. I'd like to see how my dog would fare against one coyote in one, like, you know, in a weird sense of my mind. I hope it never happens, but he's tried to run after him again, and I've called him off. I'm saying, nah, we're not going to tangle with coyotes today. Um, but, yeah. All right. Take a one-on-one -on -one lesson. Come on down to Cape Gunworks and get a lesson tailored to you. We have lessons for pistol, rifle, and shotgun or test different guns. Book one now. Go to capegunworks.com forward slash privates. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunwork. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 3 16-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, and the Second Amendment. We're glad you're here, and hopefully you're following us at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to be a part of the discussion. Uh, One other thing that I found really interesting, I meant to get to this in the first hour, but I couldn't get out of my own way and kept, you know, going down rabbit holes, but um, is a bill to remove AOWs from the NFA is introduced in Congress. So I think this is great. Representative Chip Roy of Texas introduced a bill called No Backdoor Gun Control Act. And the U.S. House of Representatives that would remove the any other weapon or AOW definition of a firearm under the National Firearms Act. An AOW is a catch-all definition for any other weapon or device capable of being concealed on a person and from which a shot can be discharged through the energy of an explosive. This category includes pistols with a vertical grip, smooth bore pistols that can expel a shotgun shell, uh, wallet holsters, and more. One famous example is the Serbu Super Shorty. So this is good news. I think it's the first of many dominoes that could fall if we could see some positive traction. I know, you know, that in the house and in the senate i think the it's very close as to you know 50 50 as far as gun control versus second amendment advocates how it kind of falls but i'm thinking that if we can start this discussion here aow's um are like the same type of thing as a short-barreled rifle short-barreled shotgun and a machine gun uh they require a $5 tax stamp instead of the $200 tax stamp. But uh, Representative Roy believes that the NFA violates American citizens' Second Amendment rights. Amen to that. That's music to my ears. He sees this bill as a first step to dismantling the NFA, which I agree. Start small. SBRs and SBSs also to be removed from the NFA. Music to my ears. This is like a symphony orchestra. Um... Bearing arms in self-defense is a human right. It is evident from the ATF's behavior that under Joe Biden's Department of Justice, the agency is hell-bent on attacking the Second Amendment through every means at its disposal. I'm grateful for my colleagues' work in Congress to remove short-barreled rifles and shotguns from regulation under the NFA Act. However, should that legislation be successful in doing so, the NFA's any other weapon provision would still allow the anti-gun administration to use the ATF to unilaterally regulate these firearms and, more importantly, target their owners. The No Backdoor Gun Control Act would close this notable loophole and help protect law-abiding gun owners, Representative Roy said. So the this would be, I guess, after the SBSs and SBRs were removed from the NFA Act, then it would be, and he's right, if you remove those two things, they still have this very vague and, you know, kind of catch-all uh, thing called the AOW or any other weapon. And 
most people don't really apply for an AOW tax stamp, although I have done a few in this state, if you will, but they are more rare than the $200 tax stamp of the SBR or SBS. So I think it's great. And I'm hoping that they can do away with the NFA because frankly, it's a, um, it's just an extra requirement on the already law-abiding person and taxing them where there shouldn't be a tax on an enumerated right. And so, you know, go figure. Um, it's certainly not reducing crime in any way, shape, or form. It's just making responsible gun owners have to jump through hoops and to partake in, you know, in the rights that they are endowed by their creator. So hopefully it it goes through, and I would love to see that happen. It's high time. I, I think that, you know, they did it to have teeth to prosecute the John Dillingers and the Al Capones of the day who were using, um, who were using, uh, you know, weapons for murderous intentions, like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre or whatever. They're all using Tommy guns and machine guns. So they're like, we got to regulate these. Well, you really don't have to regulate items because of their use by criminals. Again, murder is against the law, but they still did it, right? If they didn't have machine guns, they would have used semi-automatics. If they didn't have semi-automatics, they would have used pump shotguns. If they didn't have pump shotguns, they would have used pistols. If they didn't have pistols, they would have used bolt-action rifles. It, it, all I'm saying is if they want to kill someone, they're going to kill someone. And it doesn't matter what regulation you put on the tool or implement that they want to kill them, they're going to kill them. They're going to use whatever tool at their disposal like the guy from Waukesha, Wisconsin, who used a car for crying out loud. So that's the way criminals roll. They don't follow the law. And all you're doing is further restricting the law-abiding responsible gun owner from participating in their um, you know, rights endowed by their creator. Um, there's definitely more a renewed gun effort, a renewed effort right now by gun control advocates to deny the Second Amendment rights to gun owners. Um, and they're also going after the First Amendment. So if you look at some of the uh, gun control groups, they were just overjoyed with the fact that um, the defunct Remington Outdoor Company offered to settle the lawsuit brought by some of the families of the Sandy Hook tragedy. The settlement, which contained no admission of liability, paid out $73 million and released the marketing materials that were produced by ROC during discovery. Uh, this is on MLand.com as well. And um, the bottom line is they want to censor the First Amendment by saying gun companies can't market to certain people and, you know, I think the the marketing that they used was for the Bushmaster rifle was consider your man card reissued. So obviously by that marketing ploy, it caused some deranged underage kid to want to get his man card punched or man card issued. So he killed his mother and then went to a school and started slaughtering children. How you get there from like, it's like, 
getting directions in Maine, you know, you can't get there from here. Well, I can't get there from there either. I can't make that leap of logic in my mind and say, oh yeah, I see how that would be reasonable to say that by that ad, it caused this psycho to go nuts and shoot up a school. But anyway, they paid 73 million. And that's the, the bottom line. It's very sad, but all right. I appreciate everyone tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community and your local gun advocates. Uh, together, as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary, and God bless. And stay tuned for a special video coming up right now. We will see you next time on Rapid Fire. Take care.